My name is Andy. I help people live life on purpose. This podcast explores the mystery, beauty, and complexity of life through conversations with an array of incredible practitioners, all of them working at the edge of what's possible for humanity. This is a place for big dreams, bold creativity, and fierce hope. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. If you're inspired by this conversation and you'd like to see it reach more people, you can help the Wonder Dome take flight by sharing it with friends and colleagues, subscribing, giving us a high star rating, and best of all, leaving a glowing review. If you'd like to go even further, consider becoming a monthly supporter. You'll help me keep the lights on and support a wide range of charitable causes. You can learn more at mindfulcreative.coach. Thanks in advance for helping us inspire the world. My guest today is Kat Tweedy. Kat is the CEO and co-founder of Sleep Awake Camp, which is a four-week residential intensive for 18 to 24-year-olds to explore how to live life more engaged, more authentically, more embodied. There's a great video on the Sleep Awake Camp website where uh, they unpack the number of hours that the average young person has studied up through graduating high school. And that's about 18,000 hours studying science, math, language arts, social studies. But there's a really good chance that those same students have spent zero hours studying how to negotiate conflict, how to focus their attention, how to work skillfully with their emotions, how to allow themselves to have emotions and to express them fully and wholeheartedly. Sleepaway Camp is about giving space for young people to do just that, to step into the parts of our lives that are essential to our humanity, to our existence, but are absent from much of the social, organizational, educational context that, that those of us who are privileged to have access to education to still don't get exposure to. Kat has also personally been on a really interesting journey, some of which she touches on in this conversation. She has a background in um, engineering and material sciences with a PhD from MIT. She's also a, uh, a sculptural artist working with rock and metal and just building, the, sort of crafting these incredibly evocative, emotionally rich uh, images that fill space and give them energy. So, uh, and she's also a, a coach and a consultant and works in leadership contexts. Our primary lens today is, is the lens of her work with Sleep Awake. Um, but if you kind of hear something in this conversation that sparks you, know that you, there are a number of different pathways you could go down to connect with her work in the world. And the thing I loved most about this conversation today, and there's a lot to love, we laughed a lot, uh, and we also connected really deeply. But the thing I loved most was the really clear and potent invitation to all of us, regardless of how old we are, to step into life more fully. And if you are a young person, or you are the parent of a young person, or the steward or caretaker of a young person, or if you've even felt like you've lost touch with yourself as a young person, with, with who you were when you were a young person, this conversation explores why that might be and how and why we might be able to find pathways back to or into this capacity for authentic, wholehearted, 
whole body, whole mind engagement with life. So why don't we get settled in <sighs> and hear what Kat has for us. All right, Kat Tweedy. Gosh, I'm feeling a lot right now. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a lot right now. I'm really, really happy you're here for starters. I'm glad to be here too. And I'm happy to discover with you everything that wants to be felt and cooked during our time together. Yes. Great. Great. It's always fun to have a fellow chef in the kitchen with me here. (sighs) A part of me wants to start with the conversation that actually got us to this conversation, like the sort of exchange. Do you feel, do you feel comfortable exploring that a little bit? Yeah. 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 Why not? Okay, cool. (laughs) So like maybe in in a nutshell, it's something like this. Um, I mentioned to you, like I have this sort of ever growing list of amazing people who I experience as inspiring or amazing or interesting who might join me in the wonder dome. And, and, um, you've actually been on that list for a while, as I've told you, because we've had the chance to interact a few different times over the past couple of years in really meaningful ways. And, and sort of my, the story I have about you or have still have, and it maybe is getting punctured a bit and will puncture it a bit more or, or deepen it a bit more today is like really heart centered, super smart, super competent, really creative. And like, just move, like moving a lot of energy through your life and your work and, and making some magic happen. So, so like, that's a person I want to talk to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll take the story from there. So there's this new project that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. But I was trying to get the word out about it. And I thought of your podcast and then I thought, you know, it would be easier than asking Andy if he would have me on his podcast and this is definitely like in the shadows yeah, conversation. Yeah. It would be easier would be to to sell, you know, my my really decorated co-founder, Jeff. Mm. And I mean, even in saying that, right, it's like, oh, mm. old mm. knife, right? Mm. Mm. Um and some sadness. And it was interesting because I asked Jeff, I was like, hey, Jeff, I'm gonna send you over to Andy. And there was a sadness in me as I was doing it. Because right? mm. it's like, mm. oh, I'm offering up this person who I think is more valuable. Mm. Right. Like there's mm. some part of me. And I mean, it's just it's it's so tender, right? Mm. To be with that kind of mm. self um you know, those little ways that I'm not standing for myself. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, Jeff is like, gave me kind of a knowing go ahead. Like, I see how you're avoiding standing for yourself. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> and I gave the implicit, I also see how I'm not standing for myself, but I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> and then Andy wrote back like the next day, like, hey, that sounds great, but I would like to have you on. Yeah. And it just felt like this immediate, all right, 
like the universe doesn't want me to get away with that today. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it feels, it just, it feels like the theme of this time a bit is what does it mean to stand up for something that I believe in bringing all of my gifts and my skills, um, and really meet whatever comes with mm. that. Mm. Mm. Hmm. You know, I think the the I'm in touch with like why did I want to start with that? And part of the reason why I want to start with that, like I'll just name a, an agenda that I'm aware of, and we'll see how true it is and how we play with it. But like part of the reason I want to start with that is because, um of all the reasons I mentioned, like, well, cat's awesome. Why wouldn't I just have cat on the show? And actually she was already on my list. So like, boom, there's a sign Mm. I'll invite her and see what happens. And so like, we could sort of talk about this, the sort of synergy of that. And that's, that's interesting. But another thing I'm in touch with is that uh, what you have just described happening inside of you, like the shadow conversation, the like, the implicit, like we both kind of know Jeff, my, my collaborator and co-creator, like we both kind of know I'm dodging a bit here. And, uh, and then your, your question, like, what does it actually mean for me as a human? And, and maybe also me as a person and a, and a, like as a woman, like in our culture, like that move to like, let me pass it to my male collaborator. So I'm like in touch with a part of me that, that is specifically curious about that because you're hosting and creating a, an experience for young people that also is inviting them into that question. Like you're an 18, 19, 22 year olds. What is it for you to stand in your gifts and your self-worth and meet the moment? So like, I'm really, I just, that just feels so important to me that, that who you are and what you're offering and how you model that connects to what you're wishing for, for the participants of the program. Yeah. Um, you know, when Jeff and I started this, we knew that there was this value in that we were a man and woman creating something together and that we were bringing both, both of Mm. these aspects, valuing both of these aspects, um, in the creation of this camp. And for me, I feel like during the creation process, I keep on seeing little examples of places where I might think, oh, his writing, even though it feels a little bit off to me, is better than Mm. what I Mm. would have written. And then it's so interesting then to get outside feedback, sometimes giving counter examples, Mm. like, oh, that Mm. actually didn't land Mm. for me either. Mm. Um, and I mean, I feel like that the beauty is that Jeff and I are committed to doing the work in how we're creating this. Mm. Mm. And, you know, so, you know, yes, there was that implicit agreement, but it's also because we probably at least once a week, (laughs) have a conversation that's like, you know, either me saying, Hey, I realize I need to stand up more clearly for, I, you know, I had something that I felt a little bit tight about on the website and I need to get clear mm. about it. Mm. Mm. We need to fix it. Um, even if you believe differently, even if you think 
um, that it's better your way. And <laughs> you know, so I feel like we are, we're working that. And it, for me, it is, it's an ongoing practice mm. Right? Mm. to step into, yes, my voice does feel different than a masculine voice mm. Mm. and it's really valuable. Mm. Mm. Um, and you know, that's still the re repatterning and reconditioning that I'm doing from, you know, having, having lived in and succeeded in a highly masculine structured mm. space like MIT. Mm. 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 Okay. I, this is really cool. And, I, and so I have the workings of a question, but I might need to work it out loud a bit with you. Mm-hmm. And it's something like, on the one hand, you're, you're working individually and in partnership with Jeff and also in all these other ways. Like I just, you do so much cool stuff. We're not going to have time to talk about all of it, Mm -hmm. but like you're working at a very deep physical, emotional, spiritual level with your identity, uh, including your identity as a woman and your voice as a woman in Mm -hmm. our culture, which like, when I say our culture, I'm talking about primarily like American, you know, capitalist culture in that sentence Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of sort of points that we could point to that say that culture often devalues the, the woman's voice devalues that sort of feminine perspective. And there's a lot of like confusion around the distinctions between sex and gender. And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of polarization around those debates. And so like the question is something like, what, what would you want to say to young people, young women, certainly, but also young people, young men, people who are gender nonconforming, people who have also their own, like, who might be able to say their version of, oh, my voice, whatever, however I might categorize that particular voice is valuable. And I want to touch into that. Like, how do we speak to these polarities between masculine and feminine or identity and belonging or individualism and belonging in a way, like, what do you want to say to young people about that? As you imagine this space where, where both you as a person and your identity as a woman are, are, are fully welcomed. Can you play with that a bit? Do you uh, see yeah, what I'm I mean, playing I with? think the, the place to start and then you can push me if you want to go a different direction, yeah. but the place I want to start is for everyone to get to learn and, and be offered that every one of the arisings that happen inside of them, whether it be somatic or emotional, they are completely valid and valuable and as valuable as anybody else's mm. arising, mm. no matter what their gender, what their, you know, background is. And I feel like that is the distinction that for me as a young person, I didn't, I couldn't even comprehend. Mm. Like Mm. I couldn't even comprehend that, you know, I would see somebody stand up for something at personal risk. And as a young child, I was like, I don't understand where that person is getting that confidence to do that. Mm, I don't see mm, where they're sourcing it from. mm, mm, mm. And now that I'm on the other side of that distinction, oh, I see the source comes from like 
oh, I have a ground to stand on. I am a person. I mm -hmm. am valuing mm -hmm. everything that's mm -hmm. coming up. Mm -hmm. And I can say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And it's important just because I'm feeling it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I'm hearing you right, like the, the ground that you want to invite young people to stand on who come to sleep awake camp is at least in part, the ground of their own primary experience, like what it feels like, looks like what's both visible and invisible about like what it feels like to be them. Right. And inviting them back into it, right? Mm. Because many mm. of us accumulate areas of numbness. We, you know, accumulate areas of um, dissociation. So that we, you know, for feelings that may, might've felt too intense at some point. Um, and so what we're doing is creating a space where people can decide for themselves, like what, what is it that they're curious about in their experience and their expression? Maybe they want to check out like, you know, if you're in a group and usually you withhold something that maybe is different from what the group is thinking mm. or feeling, what would it be like to experiment with that? And you can design your own experiments and the, you know, you know, this is a group that wants to do these experiments with you. Mm. Mm. And so your nervous system could potentially learn something different. Mm. Oh, I shared what I was feeling. And it was actually, and it added a lot to the group. Mm. Mm. You know, so the nervous system could actually learn, hey, not only was that okay, but actually it was valuable. And it was actually kind of fun. And it added <laughs> more connection. And because I felt more like myself. Um, and so now I didn't feel separate from the group. I actually felt more in tune. You know, so I think we're, we're inviting people into these explorations, into the unknown of you know, places that maybe didn't feel safe or weren't inviting um, mm. Mm. in their mm. lives. Okay. So I have a, this is evoking a recent example from my own life, like as adult, you know, Andy, but, and so I'll share it briefly in hopes that you might then take that and either pull something from your life or imagine something for, for the, the younger people who could come to sleep awake, just to really yeah. bring to life this idea that, oh, I'm withholding something. What if I say it, what will happen? Yeah. And, uh, I was in a, a meeting, uh, just a couple months ago where I was really feeling some anger and frustration and I was, well, I was repressing it and just mm -hmm. kind of going like, but, but someone else to me could see like, Andy, like you're angry right now. Aren't, are you, are you angry? Yes, I'm angry. Can you, can you speak from that anger? I don't want to No, Like, I don't think it's going to be productive. It would be really helpful for me, Andy, if you could say why you're angry. Okay. All right. I'll try it. And they're like, wait, 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 before you say it, can you let your, like, let your anger talk. Don't try and speak for your anger. I, I want your anger to talk to me right now. And I like, was like, Oh, it was almost like a theater you know, like be inhabit your anger. So then I was like, fucking like, and I like said what I needed to say from that place of anger. And suddenly I found myself like we were laughing. I felt lighter. The other person who invited me to do that was able to share their perspective. And they're like, that was really helpful for me because now I'm in touch with some anger I'm feeling. And it was just like, and the reason I was withholding is because I had this real worry that if I expressed that, like, energy that I would hurt someone or that I would, that I would uh, maybe diminish my own credibility and get kind of like uh, marginalized. So it's like, just keep it down, keep it down, keep it down. 
And I feel like that's exactly like, that's an example of what you're speaking to. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'll give, um, I'll give one example for my personal life and then we can talk about camp, but the, um, so anger is a very misunderstood emotion in our country. Um, and I, you know, in most part, because it's misused, it's misdirected. Mm -hmm. People have negative experience with it and are hurt. Um, but what your story describes is, you know, all the energy that can be unleashed and connection mm. that can be formed when it's used in a safe and consensual way. Mm. Um, mm. So there was an example. <laughs> this is very cute. I was <laughs> last year during the pandemic, I was helping my, my son Calvin with through first grade. And I sat through all of first grade with him online <laughs> And, um, it was just a really fidgety day and, and he was just kind of bouncing all over the place. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting frustrated. We've, we've talked about this a couple of times. I'm feeling frustrated. And he started to have a break. He had a break between classes. I said, Calvin, I'm going to go to my closet. I'm going to do some anger work. You're welcome to come. And he was kind of excited and he followed me. So I have a setup in my closet that's for anger work. I have a tennis racket and I have like a place to hit <laughs> how you can like move energy. Yeah. And so I got set up and Calvin chose to watch, chose to be there. And I was like, I am so frustrated. Why won't you stay in your chair? Why won't you? Why is this so hard? This is too hard. It's too hard. You know, like I let yeah. it all out from yeah. the place of anger. Calvin's just cracking up. Cracking up. He, you're like, I finished my anger work. And Calvin's like, during my next break, can you do another anger work session? <laughs> um, so I feel like, and, and this is not a one-off experience. This is, this is our kid's usual response to mm. if we mm. own our anger and say, mm. I'm mm. feeling angry. I'm mm. going to go take care of myself around mm. it. Mm. And then they know that it has nothing to do with them. It's entirely mine. Yeah. Like there, we could just briefly imagine an alternative version of that where you just go like you're next to him and you suddenly go, why can't you sit still? Ah! And it's like how scary and threatening that would be for a first grader to have their caretaker just like dump that on them unexpectedly. But rather to then, then as you're aware of that, you go, I can't do that. Put it down. So the anger doesn't have anywhere to go. Right. And so from a place of compassion of like, well, of course, a freaking first grader is going to be bouncing all over. <laughs> of course. And yet still, like I'm holding this role of trying to help him be in first grade online. And, mm. Um, mm. and I need to take care of myself. Mm. Mm. Um, so mm. that, that's just an example of how, how example. we're trying to shift anger in our, in yeah. our home life. Um, yeah. But I can share in a, a similar vein in all of our intake interviews, you know, for sleep awake camp when we, they go through an application and then we'll have some follow-up questions and we'll do a one hour interview if, if that makes sense. And with everybody we interview, um, I choose a game to play and it's some game that I, I choose specifically for them. Um, usually it's around something that, you know, like if they have a hard time naming their wants, we might play a game around that. 
Mm. Um, or if somebody has a difficult time sharing what's really going on for them, um, we might play a game called let's get real. And Mm. in that game, you can only share what's true for you. So like a real impulse, um, but only if it causes a contraction. Hmm. Right. So it's only things where it's like you have this impulse and then usually it's like the diaphragm tightens a bit. Okay. And now that's the signal. You that's the thing to say. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And what, what's beautiful about a game that permissions this is it just opens up the space where people are only speaking the things that they thought that they couldn't share. Mm. Mm. And it was so beautiful to you know hear people say, I don't connect with anybody in my life like this, hmm. you know, hmm. much less with an adult, much less in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, and, and so it's just one of the things that really excites me about sleep awake is we are cre- creating a container where we can consciously dismantle all of the baggage that we're bringing to interactions, hmm. you know, like, that I'm supposed to be some kind of perfect facilitator who has their life together and like blah, blah, blah. blah. And like, you are some like lower student person who's supposed to learn from me. And, Mm. you know, Mm. like you, that that we can dismantle that from the beginning Mm. Mm. and Mm. say like, I am a human. I am learning. I don't want you to think that I am perfect in any way. Hmm. And I deeply honor the work that you're doing and the courage it takes to step into a container like this. And we can offer some perspectives and skills and tools. And you're, you're the one who's going to be driving your experiments and your life, right? Because Hmm. nobody else can do that. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So this is so fun. And, um, part of me, like, I'm like, let's just play that right now. But I, I, I'm going to actually not like, so let's get real. Part of me wants to play that right now. And then another person goes, no, 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 this is a podcast, not like a, not a play session. So maybe we can another do that time. another time. We can yeah. play. But I, I want to circle back to the doorway we first walked through, which is like, here you are now, um, in your journey, in your life, an adult who's still working with like, if we were to use the lens you just shared on that moment where you're like, I, I'm not going to ask Andy to be on the, uh, if I can be on the podcast, I'm going to, you know, like what's from as an educator, as you look at the young people, maybe particularly the young women, but, or, or the young Mm -hmm. people in general, what's important to you about a world where, um, young women and young people can do like, can actually access that, that at age 18 or 22, as opposed to, you know, in their thirties or forties, you know, tell, tell me more about what's important about that as an educational mission for you. Yeah. For some reason, educational mission, even though it's huge, it sounds too small to me. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> like, good. Um, like, I mean, I really feel it. It's a, it's a possibility and an imperative for our human race. Mm. Um, mm. The, the possibility being lives that are, that feel alive, 
that have access to joy, that have access to grief, right? That have access to the full range of experience as a human being and values all of that Mm. tremendously. Mm. And that through that access comes a self-responsibility where there is, there is empowerment and understanding of the great gift and capacity that we have as human beings. And that by design, we are in relation. And Mm. so that there's a responsibility towards, you know, our place in, in our communities and, um, you know, so to me, yeah, it's, it's that possibility and something that's deeply needed for our collective survival. Yeah. Yeah. Say like, let's lean into that. What is, um, you're talking about the unique gift or capacity that we have as a species and also the kind of existential threats that we are, um, aware of facing to varying degrees of acceptance and denial as a species. Yeah. What would it mean for us as a species or for our place on this planet? If, if more of us had access to the kind of full spectrum awareness that you're describing and then that, and then the capacity to be in relationship with each other in that place. Yeah. Well, I mean, the place that I'll start with is, you know, what we get made fun of for as children or the things that trigger our parents um, are often areas of uniqueness and gift. Mm, mm, mm. And so the things that get shut down in us really early are actually the air, you know, some of the areas that no one else on the planet can do like we do. Mm, mm, mm. And so I feel like the invitation here is, you know, that thing that you really, really, really want to do and really want to express, but aren't sure it's safe. Let's see about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. And if we saw about that for uh, ourselves and more people, what, what possibilities do Mm. you get in touch with then? I love that you're, you're pushing this. Um, I mean, there's a couple aspects, right? There's the, if we're really feeling ourselves, you know, not only are we bringing out our gifts whatever those are, right? Whether it's comedy, humor, beauty, engineering, invention, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all that spectrum. But if we're actually feeling ourselves and we're not numb, we're Mm. not numb to each other, we're not numb to the earth, Mm. we're not numb to how we want to be in relation to each other, how we want to be in relation to the earth. Um, Yeah, so I feel like the sensitivity... You know, it feels to me like it's, you know, it's a coming close to oneself that inevitably brings us close to everything else. Mm. 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 So you, um, this feels like a, a, maybe a moment where we could 
presence, your own journey into this work, which, uh, as I understand it, the way you've described to me is that you had, you thought you had like a together life and things were great until suddenly you had a, like things weren't, you were ill, you were sick, like something happened. And, and I'm a reason I'm in touch with that right now is because you just said like the ways in which we are numb to life or unaware of what's really happening in us. And that, mm-hmm. and that, I think that feels really important because sometimes when I talk about this to people, they kind of look at me like, what do you mean? I'm numb to like, I know what I want. I know what I'm feeling. I know what I believe. I know what my opinions are. What are you talking about? You know? And so there's a sort of like, there's the uh, absence of awareness or the numbness. And then there's the like absence of awareness or the numbness to the numbness, right? Like we're, we don't, we don't see, and we don't see that we don't see. Yeah. And, uh, and what I hear you playing with is, is an invitation for us to see what we don't see and then do something with it. And it sounds like you've been doing that for yourself. And I wonder if you could say more about that. And yeah. Um, so when I was 37, I had already been, you know, listening to myself for about 10 years, like really actively turning, turning away from structures, you know, classic structures of success or achievement and really turning towards my art and what I wanted. And, you know, so in that way, like I felt like I had a lot figured out I had already Mm. been doing meditation for 15 years and practicing Mm. yoga. Mm. Like, you know, I was in my body, I was communicating and yet, um, (laughs) so I'd had two kids at that point and there was just a tightness building in me between this struggle between the commitment that I wanted to make to my children and to my parenting and this frustration of like a real desire to be using my gifts and being challenged and being out in the world. Um, but there was, I kept telling myself and this is, this was a, a spiritual belief, uh, you know, that I put on myself of, I shouldn't want that. Mm. I shouldn't need, like, I, I told myself that was all vestiges of the old paradigm. Mm. I told myself all that wanting, wanting to do and that need to be out in the world. I told myself that was all vestiges of the achievement and like my prior life. And so basically what happened is I as happens with so many people, I swung the pendulum and I swung it far and and you actually lost a bunch of pieces that were really important and actually part of me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so at 37, my whole family got like a family virus and I didn't get better. Um, Mm -hmm. And I knew something was really wrong and I was, I was in bed and we went to a lot of doctors um, and my energy was just not moving. Um, Like often there were days when I'd had the energy to write one text. And from this place, it's like hard to know. She doesn't really mean that, but like I couldn't play with my kids. Mm. We had to borrow Mm. another room from my neighbors so that I could hide in that room (sighs) 
because I didn't have the energy to play with my own children. And it was this time of like heartbreak and devastation. Like I have never experienced in my life where all the things that I thought I had to have, or like were essential to me, like being a mom who could care for her kids and, you know, upholding my commitment and balance in my partnership with how we cared for the family. And, you know, like I, I thought that I needed, you know, or to be like, I thought of myself an, as an athlete, but I couldn't leave my front steps. Like I'd literally walk down, like maybe I can go out today and I'd get to the front door and be like, I can't mm. and I'd go back up. Mm. And so literally these ideas of who I thought I was were just getting broken and wow. proven not to be true. And he, yet I was still alive. Hmm. And the, I think the, the paradox that just, it still kind of explodes me when I think about it was that I just remember looking out the window at this tree that I could see and feeling the joy of getting to see that tree and feeling just the utter paradox of like, there's some part of me that feels like this is not okay. Like none of this is okay. I am anti this. (laughs) 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 And yet I can still enjoy this actually. Mm. And, Mm. um, and so, I mean, there's a way in which through this, I had to learn a level of acceptance that I had never had before, a level of honoring the subtle signals of my body that I had been able to do, manage without. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really only through the process of accepting where I was. And, you know, at six months, when this had been going on for six months, I mean, I just remember my husband and I just crying together in grief, being like, is this what our marriage is going to be like forever? Cause we don't, I mean, at six months, it's like starting to feel like it could be forever. And <laughs> which just and, as an aside, like, as like, you know, in the scheme of cosmic scale is such a, like, like, but like, we're so human, right? Like I'm thinking about six months with an infant and it's like, when will this ever end? And then it's over, but like, yeah. yeah. So yes, I totally feel you six months, a long time to be in that. Right. And especially it's not like, Oh, we know exactly what this is and it's going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was through the process of, it's almost like where we started, you know, I have this feeling and it's valuable. This is Mm. what I need. Mm. This is what I want. And being willing to ask for what I need and want for my family, for my community, not being able to give anything back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so, I mean, and I feel like that was one of the greatest teachings of that time is that I'm worthy of receiving support. I'm worthy of receiving love just because I exist mm-hmm. like with no implicit, like, oh, I need to do these other things to make up for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally couldn't do any of the implicit or explicit things that might come with partnership or childcare or any of it. Like you Mm -hmm. just, yeah. 
and to mm. see, you know, my partner in such, I mean, that was probably one of the hardest times of his life mm. Mm. You know, to be working and taking care of kids and trying to support his wife and this sort of mystery. Um, yeah. I just feel like it opened me up to a level of acceptance you know, which includes things that I was not willing to accept before. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. And, um, I mean, there's a a part of me feels like you might say, well, I'm still on this journey, but you know, that was, that was a number of years ago and you've come through it. And so there was some kind of healing journey that happened or is happening. Mm. That is part of, I sense is part of what you're offering to young people at yeah. sleepaway camp. And, uh, and I wonder if you could just speak to the, like the healing aspect of this in some way, like what is, what was that for you to begin to heal once you had come to that acceptance? Um, I mean, it just, it was slow and per, like, I would, I remember my first walk that was probably about 200 feet outside the house. Um, it was just all these little victories and like eventually like I walked a mile today, mm, mm, you know, mm. and like I played with the kids for half an hour today. Mm, mm. Um, and I still remember I had in the midst of it, I had written out my chart, like imagining what would my perfect health look like? Like what would, what would hundred percent look like? And I defined it as, being able to hold Calvin's hands and swing him around in a grassy field. Mm. And so whenever I do that, like I'm reminded like, Oh, this is a hundred percent. Wow. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are right that I, I do consider it as still ongoing, but with incredible upside now. Um, this last August, I don't know if we talked about this, but I was listening and I felt all this like energy in my belly and I almost felt like a tiger. Like it's just like, and I decided to start training for pole vaulting again, which was (laughs) what I competed in in college. And I really thought like my pole vaulting days are done. Um, And I've been serious. Like I have been Olympic weightlifting for six months now. I'm probably stronger than I've ever been in my life. And I've been pole vaulting again. Oh my God. And so just (laughs) like, (laughs) and I mean, so I just like, I'm being reminded over and over again, like I may have ideas about what this life is and what's possible. And I was totally wrong. Mm. I thought like, Mm. Oh, my body can't handle pole vaulting. Like I'm just going to slowly get weaker and I need to just do walks and yoga for the rest of my life. And I really believe that. Mm. And Mm. I I was totally wrong. Mm. 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 I just. Boy, I didn't realize until this moment, how long I've been carrying my own story that I'll never be able to pole vault, but uh, (laughs) that might not be true. true. (laughs) I don't ever feel a tiger in my belly telling me to get out there and vault. So We'll see. No. Yeah. Thank you for, that is really fucking cool. And 
for some reason, I, I've also worked a lot with young people. So I just really feel like I feel younger Andy here. I feel many of the young people I've worked with here. And I feel a kind of like leaning in quality around you have, how long is the sleep awake experience? It's a month. Four weeks. Yeah. Four weeks in Hawaii. Is that right? Uh, yeah. It's on the, in a jungly part of the big Island of Hawaii. Okay. And you and Jeff and your kind of board of advisors and mentors are really doing a lot of work to make this a deep, meaningful experience for the students who show up, for the young people who show up, and also to like make it, to, to remove as many of the barriers that might make it hard for a young person to like get themselves to the jungle in Hawaii and, and say yes to this experience. Absolutely. So, I mean, in terms of in, in the invitation um, it's a sliding scale and that sliding scale includes air airfare. Um, so it's anywhere from $500 to $5,000, um, for the whole month, including mm. everything. Mm. Um, and we have eight facilitators oh, and each one specializing in either, you know, cooking and nutrition, you know, physical movement and physical health, self-awareness, embodiment, creative expression, emotional and relational intelligence, and the mental maps about our own consciousness, just in case we need some, some, something to keep our mind occupied with while, um, <laughs> while these, you know, our nervous system gets to reset and our gut gets to reset. Mm. Um, and mm. the nature mm. around us does all of its beautiful work and yeah. helping to integrate um, this possibility for life. Yeah. So cool. And I'm just like, I'm, and I'm just in touch with a, like a young part of me that is a little, um, intimidated. Like, I'm like, I'm like, like, I want to go there. I don't know. Could I go there? Like, I don't, you know, like pole vaulting. Like, I just like, I was happy to read comic books. Like, is that enough? Am I, you know, there's a sort of like, which maybe connects to where we started our conversation mm. today. Like here again is this voice working in me that I feel as a young voice saying, kind of doubting, like, would I even throw my hat in the ring for this? Is this, is this yeah. too crazy, too different? Am I enough for this? I wonder yeah. how you, what, how would you speak to that part of me? I would say. What is that deep wish that you have for yourself? And I would say, mm. I'm curious if this camp could support you in that deep wish. Mm. 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 Hmm. And yeah, this year, it's the first year and it's a pilot. And so we are calling in the people who want to be there, the people who are yearning for, to express themselves more with more joy, more freedom, or the people who want to be themselves more around their mm. friends mm. and feel like they can connect deeper. Mm. Um yeah, just the people who want more from this life and have a hunch that it's there, but are yeah. not sure how to get it. 
I'm not sure that like 18 year old me, what, and what's the age range again? I've sort of been 18 to 24. Yeah. So that like the 18 year old me is like, like, I don't know what my deepest wish is, but like, I just feel really different. And everywhere I look, I see people who seem to be happily saying yes to whatever pathways off to them. And I look at those pathways and I'm like, no, like, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't know why, but I don't want to work at a corporation. I don't know why, but I don't want to like get some entry level sales job. And, and so my, like, all I have for you, if you ask me that question is like, I don't want to do that. I'm, but this Island, like that sounds cool. Yeah. I'm scared, but it sounds cool. How do you like, what's the, would, what's the two things? I mean, I would be like, what is the intelligence of the feelings of not wanting those other paths? Mm, 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 and mm. what happens? Like, are you curious about your fear? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An 18 year old would be like, yeah, I want to know more about what's up with that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Thanks for bringing 18 year old Andy. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually aware of like some sadness now of like older Andy going like, damn, I wish I had this, something like this when I was 18. <laughs> uh, That's why we're making it. Yeah. Because yeah. of that sadness. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like there are uh you and I grew up in what what is arguably a much less intense era of image management than mm-hmm. young people today. Although yeah. I'm very conscious like I was I was when I was a teenager like 13 I I weighed like 20 more pounds than I do now and I was like 5 inches shorter so I like was very weight conscious and shy and you know like I was just, I was a middle schooler. I was a teenager. I was image management is kind of part of the experience, I think. And, and it seems like the intensity has just like increased so much. And it just feels like there's a lot of really sad, lonely young people and are all around us. Does that, does that land with you? Not only does it land with me, but I mean, the, the numbers show not only increases in anxiety, depression, loneliness, but kind of accelerating, um, you know, because of some of these big forces like social media. And um, I think there's, there's two prongs in how I'm holding this. I mean, one is we just need new experiments. Like Mm. the, with the level of ambient anxiety and depression that's arising, um, one-on-one therapy isn't going to be enough. Like there just Mm -hmm. aren't enough. Mm-hmm. So like we need other models. And, you know, we're so curious about what if there are group-based models that are fun mm-hmm. that could do 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's one curiosity. Um, uh, there was something else that you had said that sparked a thought. Something about image management or image management. Yeah. So part 
it's it's going to be an addiction free zone during this month, and that includes internet. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I already felt like a part of me is like yes, and another part is so itchy about that thought. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Well. And it's different, as you mentioned. I mean, people who are 18 haven't really had an adult experience, probably without internet being a significant component. And um, so we're definitely being very thoughtful about it's not enough to have a cold turkey relationship because everybody's going to have a phone. I imagine most people will on the back end of this. And so it's really how do we also build a new relationship? Mm, 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 you know mm. with with the internet with with apps with just kind of the compulsive relationship to to the device Mm. um and i'm excited for that i'm excited to see what we learn wow I, yeah, like that, like there's almost a part, there's a way in which I'm like, yeah, we all like, could we just do that for the whole planet for a couple months? And then another part of me that's in touch with just a, in a really sort of practical, pragmatic way and in an, in an inquiry around this, to what extent will you see some withdrawal symptoms in the participants and how to hold with that patiently and graciously and, and what that means? Because I've seen some research that some young people report like if they lose their phone or lose connection to the internet, that they actually experience physical pain. Like it's something akin to losing a limb. Yeah. Um, And I don't know how true, like I'm holding that lightly, like, cause that's very like, but. I mean, first of all, it's important to remember that, you know, we're being very upfront about this and everybody who is coming is coming, knowing, you know, choosing this. Yeah. Um, and the support that we'll have for somebody going through detox is incredible, right? They're going to be in nature. They're going to be having fresh food directly mm. from the garden. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, there may be some detox on that <laughs> front yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But there will be daily movement to kind of keep flushing everything through lots of hydration. So I mean, from the physical standpoint, we'll be doing everything we can to help the body adjust Mm. and Mm. from the connection front, doing everything we can to allow the nervous system to, to adjust and feel into this space. Mm. Mm. Sounds so exciting. I'm so um, happy for you to I mean, you, I don't, you probably don't remember, but you shared a version of this vision with me like two or three years ago and to see it actualizing is one deeply impressive and inspiring. And two just really makes me happy for you because I know how central this is to you. Um, And as we kind of come down our home stretch of the conversation today, that my question is something like, you know, what's, what's the, like, what's the you swinging Calvin in a circle in the grass equivalent of, of success for this program? You know, like if you at the, on the last day, when you look at this group of young people, um, without, you know, too much attachment to like, it has to look like this, but you know, what, what's there, what are you hoping for dreaming or imagining on that last day that would sort of look like a hundred percent or look like success for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't put it on the last day. I put it a year or three years out. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and it's that 
a year out. There's a whole new reference in their bodies for what health, what well-being, what connection, what authenticity looks like, and that there's a ground of their own being for them to stand on and enjoy and engaging um, in this life. And Hmm. yeah, so I think just Hmm. that we see long-lasting change Mm. from this month Mm. that's what i really care about Mm. you know Mm. i think it's so possible to have intense cathartic emotional experiences that happen in a week that don't change your life Mm. Um, and that's not what we're going for Mm. Mm. is that part of the the design of a month intensive as opposed to like just doing a weekend retreat design of a month is because it takes time for the body to shift. It takes time for the body to learn new patterns. It takes time for habits to shift and form. And, you know, there's many programs that are rites of passage that are around seven to 10 days, but I don't think it's long enough to support habit change. Mm, mm, mm. Amazing. Well, um, I'm wishing you a tremendous learning experience and uh really excited for these young people to who say yes to this who say yeah i i'm i i do know what my deepest wish is or i don't but i sense it somewhere over there uh, on the island with you all like that that's really exciting and um i don't know i actually don't know if or how many young people listen to this podcast but i do know that a lot of parents of young people listen to this Mm -hmm. podcast and i wonder if they're curious to learn more about this for their, you know, for someone in their life, where, where should they go to check out the camp and the program? And like, what are some of the logistics in terms of application and timing and things like that? Yeah. The, the place to start is sleepawake.camp. Um, and you can just check out all over the website. There's lots of information, but if you have more questions and when you have more questions, please reach out to me or to Jeff um, at info at sleepawake.camp. And we're happy to set up a half hour call and talk through anything. But if, if somebody chooses to apply, the application is right online. And then we usually have follow-up questions and potentially an interview, an hour long interview. Mm. And it's all happening in August of 2022 this year. Is that right? The camp will run July 24th to August 22nd. Wow. Hopefully for most schools sort of right before college would pick back up or um, other commitments. Right on. Amazing. And also we haven't really had a chance to talk about it, but I want to just give space to presence it briefly before we wrap. You're a very talented um, sculptor and artist. You are also do a lot of work around human development and coaching and leadership more generally. Like if people want to learn more about you and your work, where should they go to check that out? Um, there's a website called cattweedyball.com. That's where my art is and some of the work that I do with women's circles. Nice. Kat, this has been uh, really fun and meaningful. Uh, I'm in touch with like 
a lot of feelings of joy and excitement right now. And yeah, maybe I'll give you the last word as we close today. What are, what do you want to say to, by way of completing our conversation today? Mm. Yeah, let's see. I want to say just like getting in touch with, you know, what's one aspect of your experience that's joyful. Mm. 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 What's that tree out the window? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Thanks. And thanks to everyone for listening in. This has been a real treat. Thanks for tuning in to the Wonder Dome. This podcast was produced by me, Andy Cahill, with support from Kelly Sirqua and audio editing services from John Nolan at Middle Mountain Studios. The theme song was written and performed by Todd Marston. You can find the Wonder Dome wherever pods are casted. If you dig what we're doing here, please share widely, subscribe, and give us some love in the review boards. And if you feel called to support this humble offering to the world, while also making an even greater impact in the lives of others, consider becoming a monthly supporter. Not only will you help me keep the lights on and keep the show going for as long as I'm able, but 30% of all member contributions go directly in support of causes like the Black Lives Matter movement, the United Nations Refugee Agency, and the National Resources Defense Council. You can find out more at my website, mindfulcreative.coach, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, learn about my transformational coaching work, and get plugged into exclusive offers and community happenings. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a life of purpose, power, and presence. We need you now, more than ever. <laughs>